Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Bobby and I'm your friend who knows just a little bit too much about pop culture. Welcome to your weekly meeting of Pop Culture Fanatics Anonymous. So I felt like a lot of things were happening in this past week and so I'd love to briefly touch on a couple of them before we jump into the main topic of today's episode. So this is uh, important to only me, but WrestleMania was last week. It was, it's a two-day event now, which as a lifelong wrestling fan, that's still something that I can't quite wrap my head around. It was important because I, for the first time on my TikTok, talked about wrestling. And so to everyone who saw that video, which I know that the algorithm did not push it out that much because it was not about my usual content, but to everyone who watched that video, I really appreciate it because wrestling was what pop culture is to me now for about like 10 to 15 years. Like I was like wrestling kind of was my first love. It was the first thing that I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is my thing. Like, this is what I really love. Literally ask anyone um, in my family or any of my friends and they will tell you like, yeah, she used to be really obsessed with (laughs) with wrestling. (laughs) So yeah, it's uh, WrestleMania, even though I don't like watch wrestling as much as I used to, it always means a lot to me. And one of my favorite wrestlers went into the Hall of Fame, which was super cool. And also it was, it's a great time to be a black woman uh, in wrestling right now. A lot of like, first of all, there are black women in wrestling which when I was like in the midst midst of my fandom there were not many so to see so many of them in it and doing so well you know representation matters you know what I mean moving on to more broader pop culture news the Grammys were last week um and coming off the heels of the Oscars the Grammys had some somewhat big shoes to fill and I think it did fine I think the Grammys did okay you know there's no show that was going to be able to rival the chaos that came from the Oscars and I'm sure that that was um kind of heavy in the air that night I'm sure (laughs) one of the standout moments from the ceremony was the in memoriam segment and literally I tweeted this today but every clip that I've seen of that segment it's a a beautiful I forgot the name of the song but it was Leslie Odom Jr. Cynthia Erivo, Ben Platt, and Rachel Ziegler singing. And it was so beautiful and melodic and just, oh, so good. It was so good. And literally every clip that I've seen from that performance starts with Rachel Ziegler. She absolutely killed it, absolutely destroyed it. And it was, it was wonderful. 
it was it was truly truly wonderful i i do want to address something very very quickly though because i started to see it pop up a lot on twitter kind of following that phenomenal performance but a lot of people were like see oscars this is how you do an in memoriam segment and if you don't remember the in memoriam segment from the oscars was kind of what i could immediately identify as a very black southern church like homegoing service-esque in memoriam and it wasn't the usual like solemn and slow and like very you know melancholy in memoriam segment that we usually get every year at the oscars and it made sense because the will packer productions which will packer is a very prominent black producer He's produced so many like fantastic films over the decades. His production company was who produced the Oscars this year. So that influence, I definitely think makes sense. And so I just want to, I want to lay the groundwork, want to give a little bit of a, a tidbit of information to those who were like, the feeling like the Oscars did a, like, they were like, why are people dancing? Like they're happy that people are, are dead. And it's not that, um, and I can't fault anyone because this is a very uh, regional experience. It's very unique to the black community, the black Southern community, especially. But funerals in the South, uh, especially at Baptist churches, um, tend to be known as like homegoing services, right? And they're celebrations of life. So I, like oftentimes you're singing gospel songs that sound jovial, and you're like, you know, you're like moving to the beat and everything because it's a, you're celebrating the life that that person has lived. You're celebrating all that they were when they were alive and not focusing solely on the fact that they're gone. Um, and so that's what that was. And the song, like that, I remember one line from the song was like, you know, like when I get to heaven and everything, it's a, it's a celebration of I've lived this full life and now I get to go on to paradise type of thing. So if anyone is like, why were the Oscars, why were they dancing in front of these people who are dead? Like have some respect in that, in this culture, in like black, black Southern culture. That is how we, we celebrate our, those who have gone on. That is how we celebrate the life that they lived. And, um, basically don't be a dick about it. You know, like don't be a dick about it so just thought i'd i'd lay some some groundwork there just give you a little tidbit so that you can kind of have that little nugget of, of knowledge in the back of your brain whenever you're, you get the urge to be like this is so disrespectful it's like to you anyways um moving on before we get into to the meat and potatoes of this episode last night i saw everything everywhere all at once by daniels and that's a film that is a film right there I had no intentions of really seeing it and that's been kind of the through line for this entire year for me which is I see trailers in the movie theaters when I'm going to other movies and I'm like I'm not gonna watch that and then I end up watching it and I'm like oh my gosh how did I how did I ever utter the phrase that I wouldn't go and see this this movie is amazing and uh, it happened with the Batman when I went to go see Spider-Man No Way Home last year I saw the trailer for the Batman and I was like I'm not gonna go see that it looks like another gritty romp and I ended up seeing the Batman three times in theaters and I might see it one more time before it hits to streaming honestly and everything everywhere all at once was the same thing where I was like oh another art house a24 thing that is gonna go over my head i'm not gonna get and it was such a beautiful story 
it's like a multiverse story. And I think a lot of people were thinking that it was in some way tied to Marvel because the multiverse is kind of synonymous with Marvel at this point. It's not a superhero movie at all. Um, it's in no way tied to the MCU, not, nothing like that. But it was just this beautiful story. Uh, and I'm trying, I will try and talk about it without giving any spoilers. So I encourage you to go and see it. But it's this beautiful story about how kind of like love and care transcends time and space in a lot of ways. The the time and the care and the effort and love that we have for one another makes life worth living, even when life doesn't make sense. And I think my biggest takeaway from it is that, and I wrote this in a, a letterbox review. I'm using letterbox really. It's just my way to jot down all my thoughts after I see a movie so it's not really like a a fully baked review or anything like that but my biggest takeaway from it is that life is not really like a journey of of finding clarity and once you have it you know it's smooth sailing from then you'll never find full clarity but it's it life is, is is messy and it's unclear and it's confusing a lot of the times and that's just what it is it's the it's the jaunt that we're all on but life is is worth living when you find those moments where it makes sense even for just a little bit and that's what the movie really kind of touches upon at least that's what i took from it so if any of that sounds interesting as well as these dazzling like visuals like the visuals in the film are absolutely stunning if any of that sounds interesting to you please go 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 run do not walk to your nearest amc regal whoever and go see everything everywhere all at once it's a lot of movie i'm i'm gonna say i am a strong proponent of a, a quick 90 a quick 90 minutes and we're out that is not this movie so if you don't like longer movies maybe wait for streaming but if you are kind of into a story like that i highly recommend it okay now that we've got the opening minutes out of the way we're gonna hop into this week's episode which is we're heading to the mall yep you heard me right we are going to the mall whether we know it or not the mall is perhaps one of the biggest tangible pieces of pop culture and it's a place that most of us have been to yet it's different for all of us i'm sure most of us have some funny and maybe embarrassing moments from our respective malls throughout our tween and teenage years i know that i have too many so grab 20 dollars from your mom wrangle your friend group of 20 and put on an outfit that is a smidge too dressy because we're heading to the mall going to the mall has seemingly always been a pastime for most americans but where did this concept begin well the origins of the american mall began at southdale center in edina minnesota not Edina, Edina, I learned that the hard way, in 1956. And the father of the American Mall is Victor Gruen, who was an Austrian architect. Gruen created the concept of the mall because he wanted to bring the walkable pedestrian-first shopping experience that many European cities like Paris have to the very car-centric USA. Now, it's, it's important to note that around this time, the mall was concepted and created around the boom of the automobile industry of the 50s and 60s and the boom of people moving to the suburbs out of cities. So Gruen's original vision was for the mall to be an all-encompassing space for pretty much everything. So schools, museums, hospitals, and this was mainly to cut down on car use and to encourage like fraternization with one another. 
But obviously, the mall didn't really go in this direction. As the years went on, the shopping malls spread like wildfire across the country, with 4,500 malls appearing in North America by 1960 and nearly 16,400 malls by 1975. By the 70s, the malls began to mirror how we know them today, being a space that prioritize both entertainment and food courts in addition to shopping experiences. Up until this point, malls were kind of just places that had a lot of stores under one roof. But by the 70s, that began to turn. So needless to say, the mall was absolutely here to stay. And by the 1980s, the mall entered pop culture history. So if the concept of pop culture was a physical time and place, I think it would be literally any mall within the 1980s and 90s. At the height of American consumerism came the peak of the popularity of the mall, especially within pop culture. This shift was best marked by the malls becoming a place of refuge for one key group that informs a lot of what is new and next, and that is the American teenager, especially the American teenage girl. So much so that there was a term created for them, mall rats, which I'm sure is a term that a lot of us identify with. As malls became hubs for shopping and entertainment and food, teenagers obviously came in droves as it was a place that had everything that they would need and a place where their parents could have faith was safe or they could at least make them think that. The mall was also the easiest place for you to hear the newest and next too, especially with music. Whether that was exchanging CDs or cassettes with your friends, buying the latest single from your favorite artist at Sam Goody, or if you were lucky, you could see an up-and-coming artist performing in the food court. For decades, the mall was a place for young audiences to see and hear who would eventually be taking over their airwaves in just a few months' time. But where did this concept start? Well, the year is 1987 and a young artist named Tiffany has just signed to MCA. And the label doesn't quite know how to market her, so they decide to send her to the mall. Tiffany joins an existing mall tour and soon quickly gains stardom. While on the tour, she recorded footage for her music video of her single, I Think We're Alone Now. You know, I think we're alone now. It doesn't seem to be anyone around. That's Tiffany. And soon, both the single and her music video reached number one. After the success of Tiffany's mall tour, many artists began mimicking that same formula to great success. This continued into the 90s and 2000s with artists like Avril Lavigne, JoJo, Justin Bieber, Destiny's Child, and perhaps most famously, Britney Spears. All of them started or appeared on a mall tour before they shot to stardom. In a pre-internet time, the mall was really the only place for teens to get the scoop on the latest music, fashion, and entertainment trends, and we know that anything that's popular amongst teens instantly becomes pop culture gold. And speaking of pop culture gold, the 80s and 90s was also when we began to see the mall appear more in film and television, and that's where we got a fixture of 80s and 90s teen flicks, the shopping montage. There's truly nothing more exciting to me than a movie or TV show, including a montage of characters going to the mall and trying on on all these outfits and literally throwing them off when they don't work. And they always like stood in front of those trifold mirrors on like an elevated platform in front of all their friends. And their friends would have the most like animated reactions to 
an outfit that they liked or the outfit that they hated. And then finally you have the outfit, the, the, you know, king supreme outfit that is perfect for the dance or whatever it is that you're shopping for. And so they quickly like swipe their mom's credit card and they're walking out of the store with a bunch of bags and boxes and everything. And it's just so fun. I, I, I love it. It's just so fun. In pop culture, the mall was not only a place for consumption, but it was also a place for fellowship too. And any film or TV show that features a mall, the mall serves as the place where characters can resolve or cause conflict outside of the perimeters of any real authority. Yes, when you go to the mall, you respect Paul Blart, mall cop, but do you? In the 80s and 90s, the mall was a character, and by the 2000s, that character would make a pretty dramatic shift. So if the 60s and 70s were the beginning, and the 80s and 90s were its heyday, I think the 2000s marked the slow and tragic death of the American mall. However, it did not go out silently. The 2000s was the peak of seeing the mall represented in the film and TV. And by this time, the mall had submitted itself in pop culture history as a place not overrun by teens, but instead as a place intended for them. Malls at this time were being built with teens in mind, with stores like Abercrombie and Fitch and Hot Topic popping up all over the country. With many events of the early 2000s, though, including 9-11 and the beginning of the war on terror, the mall also went from a place for teens to hang, but became a place for them to grieve and heal and get away from real life for a little bit. And then the tides began to turn in a multitude of ways. The internet was quickly shifting from a thing that some had and enjoyed to a necessity for everyday life, and with that came a shift in how we shopped. With how quickly information was able to spread, you didn't need to go to the mall to find out what was new and next. You could just hop online and see that and buy it too. And the internet eliminated the idea of having to be a poser in person and try and fit in and buy all these outfits. Well, you could just do that from the comfort of your own home, essentially for free. Soon, department stores found themselves going out of business and many malls simply became graveyards of days of the past. If malls didn't struggle to keep storefronts open, they sealed their fate by implementing curfews and that turned away the mall's most crucial demographic, teenagers. I know many a mall that has a weird self-imposed curfew that is intended to solely keep teenagers out of the mall at night. And with the final blow of the pandemic to boot, most malls now are skeletons of what they once were, though there are some exceptions. A few storefronts mainly open, but ironically, the people who get the most use out of malls now are senior citizens going on their daily walks. And with that, pop culture's touchstone is now lost to time. Before we wrap up uh, today's episode, I'd like to um, leave you with a couple of, of things, personal anecdotes, if you will that I have about the mall because I am, I'm a young person, but I I grew up probably, I was probably amongst the last groups of people who went to the mall as kind of an activity. And it was always a big deal of like planning it and seeing like, okay, my mom can take us if your mom can drop us off and like coordinating outfits sometimes. That's why I said like at the top of the episode, you grab your group of 20 friends, you're rolling in deep going to the mall, let me tell you. 
you're going there, you've been planning it for weeks, you're going there to show up, the first place you're going, where are we going? We're going to Starbucks. We're all 20 of us are ordering Frappuccinos. And I know Starbucks baristas are like shuddering at the thought of that right now. But it was every single time I went to the mall, that's where we would go. Because um, most of the times, that's the only times we were able to go to Starbucks and like be cool and walk around with our Starbucks cups. So we would go there walking around to stores where we had no intention of buying anything. And I know that that is probably the most annoying thing to anyone who works at the mall. You just see a big horde of teenagers walk in and they're just touching stuff and they're like, oh, this would be cute. And maybe they might try on something, but they are not buying a thing. And at most they might buy like something small. Cause like I said, their mom only gave them like 20 bucks to spend. And then the really the main thing, the biggest part of going to the mall when I was when I was younger (laughs) was walking around in like your your outfit that made you look like a cool, mysterious girl. And you would almost always find your same group, but with like dudes. And they were like doing basically the same thing. They had on their best outfits and they were walking around to like shoe stores or hat stores or whatever it is. And you're always just like, oh, like. My big group is here. Your big group is here. Why don't we like talk? And you never did. You just saw like one big group of teenagers and another big group of teenagers and you all awkwardly looked at each other, but you don't have the um, the charisma to really spark anything. So it's kind of just left up into the ether. <laughs> but I, I miss those times. I really do because they were so... They were so fun. I, I didn't really live near any like malls like there. There were no malls that were like super duper close. So anytime I got to go to the mall was a, a pretty big deal. Um, malls were where I would go trick or treating sometimes because I wasn't ever my parents never like did the we go door to door trick or treating because that's when it was kind of the height of people being like, yeah, that's maybe not safe to do. Which has since feels like it's been repealed and people are like, yeah, go nuts, whatever. But when I was a kid, we did, we never really did the door to door thing. We always tended to do the, like just going to the mall or anything like that. That was like what we did. So we would go to the mall and like have our little costumes and get our candy and everything. And it was just so much fun. And in thinking about that, I was thinking when I was uh, scripting this episode, I was thinking about the malls that I frequented when I was a kid, um, If you guys don't know, I'm from Georgia, so I have a couple of malls that I would go to often. And so if you're from Georgia, I would love to know if you've ever been to any of these malls. North Lake Mall, South DeKalb Mall. We go to Mall of Georgia quite a bit. Um, Where else? Uh, Wow, am I blanking? Am I blanking on all the malls we would go to? Those would be like the main three, though. I know I'm missing one. And then like Perimeter and Linux and everything. But those would be like for big occasions that would be like the you're looking for a very specific outfit and you wouldn't tend to go with your friends like I would go to those malls with like my parents or like my mom and my aunts and my grandma um but yeah like I said I've had many an embarrassing moment in a mall I passed out in a mall and this was recent uh (laughs) this was relatively recent and it wasn't okay I laugh now it was not funny at the time it was very scary but I was looking for a dress for an event and I had my mom and my aunts and my grandma. They're like my, my dream team whenever I like need to do something. So we were going to the mall and I was already kind of not feeling great. And I, I don't know if it was just the anxiety of living or if it was like something that was on my stomach. I don't know what was going on, but I was just 
not really feeling it. And I was getting overwhelmed because we couldn't find anything that was working. And I just felt like I was like, you know, the general like worries that you have when you're trying to look for something and nothing is really working out. So we were all like, okay, let's just take a break and we're going to go and get something to eat. And in hearing about this from my mom, as we've talked about it, like after the fact, I wanted to sit like kind of in an area of the food court that was a little less crowded because it was absolutely insane. It was like kind of around like spring breakish time. So it was a lot of people there and they were like, no, no, no. Like we're going to go sit at the the food court and then we're all going to go to the different places that we want to eat. So I was like, all right. So I'm, I remember that I'm in line for Chipotle and all of a sudden things just start. I just, my eyes just start like unfocusing. I feel like sick and my body just starts going weak. And I remember one of my aunts was in line with me. She was like a person behind me and I turn around and I'm trying to tell her like, I'm going to pass out. And I'm like holding my, <laughs> and I'm holding my, my arm out and she's like, what, what's going on? And then boom, pass out. It was a whole big to do. Everyone was crying. I was crying. I had to go to the, it was a mess. It was a mess. But I was fine. They literally, the doctors, when I got to the hospital, were like, yeah, we don't know why you pass out. It just sometimes happens. So that's one thing. Um, <laughs> also, like I said, because I am from Georgia and a lot of things are filmed in Georgia, if you don't know, a lot of Marvel things, uh, Vampire Diaries, a bunch of things are filmed in Georgia. And if you don't believe me, sit to the end of the credits of any major TV show or movie and you're going to see a peach and that means that it was filmed in Georgia but one big show that was uh filmed in Georgia was Stranger Things and if you know where I'm going with this you'll you you know where I'm going with this and one big landmark in the show is the Star Court Mall and fun fact that is actually a mall that was near my house called Gwinnett Place Mall that is basically kind of since been uh it's not, uh, well, I don't know how to describe it. It is not, a. it's a dead mall, pretty much. It's like what, it's like the whole phenomena of like dead malls, which are like liminal spaces. That is what um, Gwinnett Place Mall is. So they've reworked it to become Starcourt Mall, which is pretty interesting. But a uh, trigger warning going forward, um, <laughs> Gwinnett Place Mall, fun fact, was a mall that they found a dead body in like a couple years ago in a subway. Like the like a subway in the uh, food court? Yeah. So that's Gwinnett Place Mall. So if you're, if you're wondering, oh, Starcourt Mall, like that's from Stranger Things. No, it's Gwinnett Place Mall where they found an unalived person. Yeah, little fun fact for you. So <laughs> malls, you know? Malls are places uh, that we all have some pretty interesting, I'm sure, memories tied to. I know I have a bunch that I'm just not remembering right now, but I, I shared the most embarrassing one, I think, for you. Um, and also gave you a little fun fact, a little tidbit about Stranger Things. So <laughs> with that being said, if you've made it to this point in the episode and you've listened to the ramblings of a mad woman about malls i really appreciate you you are very appreciated and loved for me if you want to know where else to find me on the internet you can find me at the afternoon special on tiktok or on instagram also at the afternoon special or over on twitter at hi i'm bobby h-i-i-m-b-o-b-b-i 
you can keep up with this podcast specifically over on Instagram at hi, I'm Bobby podcast. And that is all one word. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, when I was talking about everything everywhere all at once, I do have a letterbox if that is something that you use. And my username there is hi, I'm Bobby, H-I-I-M-B-O-B-B-I, because someone took the afternoon special. So that's fun. Um, And if you're thinking, Bobby, I'm not going to remember all of that. You just threw a lot of stuff at me. You just told me that they found an unalive person at the mall where they shot Stranger Things. Bestie, I get it. So I put all of that in the description box just for you. So when you're ready to go back and click some links, they're right there for you. At the end of each week's episode, I would love to hear from you. In the description of each and every episode, you will have the option to send me a one-minute audio message. It could be a hot take. It could be a response to what I said. It could be a question. It's really up to you. Of course, all I ask is that you keep it respectful. I hope you enjoyed this week's chat and that you will join me again next week for another pop culture deep dive. Later days, friends. Are you a Marvel fan? Matt, you know I am. Jeff, I was asking the listener. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it seemed like a weird question because, you know, we've been doing a Marvel podcast together for nine years now. No, no, I was trying to grab the attention of all the Marvel fans out there for this ad. Oh. I thought it was weird, too. You should definitely warn us. Good note, Ashley. Well, if you like Marvel movies and TV as much as we do, join us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. He did it again. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.